not intoxicated could not explain his nudity. You Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Austin, Texas. Podcast hosted by Bruce and Steve. Hey, look, it worked again. <laughs> it never All ceases right. to amaze me that we make these things work. Hey, it's um, Slurp Toast, a podcast, episode 55. Five, five. How about that? Wow. How'd we pull that <laughs> off? I don't know. It's amazing. Um, it was a wonder we get, we ever got to this one. We've had a couple of uh, false starts. You were sick, right? You had you yep. had COVID. I had COVID. Was, it, was it again or first time? I forgot. No, that's the second time. Okay, yeah, I thought so. So, oh, I know why the other thing wasn't working. Um, so, how was that the second time? Actually, it was. Uh, it was not that bad. It was it was very very mild, very um, yeah very mild. I mean it was like I don't think that we would have tested me if um, Babe didn't have like some sort of a dance competition that we had to make sure we, she stayed healthy for. Ah, uh, was that local or was that elsewhere? No, nah, it was local. Okay, she do well. They did move well, but it was just one of those things that it had, had that not tested, I would have probably gone to work and, you know, nation zero or what's that? 745, yeah. whatever the number they're up to now is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then we had, um, the ice apocalypse last week, which was no fun. We were going to record last week. And then it was like 20 degrees in my garage and power was sketchy. So <laughs> I didn't want to start something and have it drop off in the middle. Uh, we have we have nine live oak trees in our backyard and one in our front yard. And they mm-hmm. all got iced up and iced up oh, nice. and iced up. And by the third day, the uh, weight was too much for those sturdy trees to take. And there were branches popping off wasn't just our house. It was all up and down the street. I mean, it sounded like I took the dog out front one morning. It sounded like gunfire. I actually watched a branch break off my neighbor's tree across the street. And it sounded like, it sounded like small arms fire when it popped. Yeah, those are no fun. Yeah, so then I spent all day Saturday cleaning up the debris. Uh, me and my chainsaw, my little electric chainsaw that everybody makes fun of in my family. But me and the chainsaw got the job done. <laughs> right up to the last branch that son of a it, bitch got uh, me oh yeah I've been there <laughs> I was on the top of the uh, I had the extension ladder out to get the last one last couple and I had it it was so high I was like like laying on the extension ladder chainsawing with one hand <laughs> and holding on for dear life with the other one <laughs> and and what I what I didn't realize was that that last branch, when it had broken, it had pinned itself against another branch. 
Oh, so when I cut through it, whap right into this eye. <laughs> this nice little uh, Nike swoosh. Um, thankfully, I had on my, my sunglasses, and they took the brunt of it. But uh, yeah, I didn't fall off the ladder, and I didn't chainsaw my hand off. All many things could have gone wrong right there, but uh, none of them did. So, <laughs> I we uh, yeah, I was gonna say a couple of years ago is uh, chain. We used to have like a farm light over our uh, garage, you know, or out of the garage mm-hmm. over the driveway, and the wind had caught it and actually twisted it. So I I went up there to twist it and put it back into place. And uh, it was about, I don't know, two degrees or so. And uh, I came down. I had the, the, the drill in one mistake, hand. By the way. So I came down with the drill in one hand, and and I, I misjudged the last step and uh, went over backwards. And I'm in a winter coat, and I know I'm going to land in snow. So I've done this before, and I got myself ready. I was, I was ready to take the bump, right? Yeah, I lay out like this, and I kind of look back to see where I'm going to hit, and I'm looking right into the uh, tire well of my car, so I bounce off the side of the car with my face, (laughs) so I'm like, fall, bam, (laughs) so now I'm laying in the driveway. Oh, man. I still have the drill in my hand. I have not dropped the drill. And I'm looking over, and there's this big, it's a plastic panel, so there is a big face print dent in the panel. And I lay it up there, and I kind of reach up, and I punch it from the inside of the the tire well, and it pops back out. And I'm like, good. And then I relax, and that other drops. I am still holding the drill. (laughs) So I just lay that hand across my chest, and I'm laying there in the driveway, waiting for the concussion to roll in. And lying there thinking, you know, it's really not so bad down here. I'm out of the wind. It feels kind of warm. I think I'll just kind of lay here for a while. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, wait, that's hypothermia. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not how I want to go out. Yeah, it's I'm like standing I... on that ladder. Is that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, you... No, no, no. Yeah, I, I get it. You're standing on the ladder. It's like, Wing. got it. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even like I didn't even have time to process it. It like I cut through it and it it was like a trebuchet. It was boom. <laughs> right in um, the kisser. Right. And I mean I've 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 bruised the orbital bone. I know I did because it hurts up here. I got mm. this going on down here. Um and I'm pretty sure the uh, expletives I shouted are kind of like in a Christmas story hanging over the Texas Hill Country. <laughs> Because I was at the top of the ladder, so they went right out into the uh, into the atmosphere. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been um, there. Uh, I th- my closest one to yours is uh, when that very first house we we bought in Houston. I I changed out light uh, sockets and plugs. And one night I was changing out a light fixture. I'm working in my head, uh, changing out a light fixture in this one room. And I, Laura was somewhere in the other part of the house. Maybe she was studying for school. I don't remember. She was not where I was. And I was working, <laughs> dumbass me, I was working on the step stool, and that thing wobbled out from under me, Ooh. and I started <laughs> belly flopping, and I looked down, and I was holding the screwdriver, like, here, <laughs> and I went, oh, shit, <laughs> I had just enough time to go, huh, and so, the, so I did the full belly flop onto the floor <laughs> from, like, four feet up, 
I just laid there for a while trying to breathe. The little final <laughs> destination did, moment. But I didn't <laughs> impale myself on the screwdriver. So that's the, the happy ending of that story. It was close. <laughs> it was real close. But before I got used to the stairs coming down into the basement, uh, again, you know, we've got a big landing. And it's just an optical illusion. It blends right in with that top step. And man, I came, put up, put up, put up, step, no step. Oh shit. I'm about to go face first into the wall. Well, hey, man, you can see. Okay. You see oh. that, that picture? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm coming down here. I come, boom. I'm about to crash right into there. And I have the wherewithal to plant my foot and push off to the side. <laughs> wow. Which means I came off of these <laughs> and crashed into there. <laughs> so we I'm lying gravity. here. Yeah. So I'm laying here at the base of my stairs. <laughs> Just kind of like, you know, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> Ask me in five minutes. We'll see. I, uh, well, we have the same problem. You've got oh, that yeah. adrenaline from the fall. And, and part of you is like going, man, I was a fucking acrobat the way I, I just <laughs> changed direction midair, man. And threw myself that way. That's a and it's like, NBA I, pivot. I yeah. I don't think I can lift my arm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> it's not I, supposed uh, to hurt like that. <laughs> yeah. We have the same problem at the bottom of the stairs in this house. The last mm -hmm. two steps are, they're not covered. They're just wood mm -hmm. and they tend to blend in with the wood at the bottom of the, the floor. And if I'm doing something or carrying something, I have missed that last step more than once. And the problem is if I miss it, the, the stagger step is into the China cabinet, which is <laughs> parallel to the, to the stairs. I'm like, I can just my neck or get, get my neck broken if I break all the China. So I don't know which way is better. Um, <laughs> oh yeah that's okay a couple of years so, it's going to happen and the the gymnastic part will just be replaced with that's how i broke my hip <laughs> <laughs> that's why i live in the basement now <laughs> that's right. no more stairs for me <laughs> Nothing you got but a nice a long wall for the jailer on, if i see behind you ranch on slab yeah <laughs> e so is it a straight this this is a ten thousand square foot hood on one level. <laughs> what? Yeah. Does it go does that stairway go straight up all the way to the door? Yes. Okay, so you got a perfect spot for a chairlift. You're set. Oh yeah. Except that <laughs> wall is very sturdy. Huh. <laughs> it's a basement wall and it's not sturdy. Wait, what? Oh, that's a mechanical room back there. Oh. Okay. That's the underlit dungeon room where we keep all the secret stuff. Oh, I won't ask what's there on, on the air. Look at that later. <laughs> Slurp toast after dark. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Woo. Um, so at the end of episode 54, as an aside, you said since yeah. ne next episode is 55, we should do something Sammy Hagar related. Um, That's right. So and you know I me. I just last... Go ahead. <laughs> so I spent last couple of days listening to the Billy Joel channel 
on Sirius XM in honor of Sammy Hagar. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I want to start. I want to. We're going to start a music theme show. We did. We did. We did your your where we did your twelve days of Liam. This week we're going to do kind uh-huh. of a a music theme show. I've got a couple of of surprises. I gave you some thought questions, which I don't normally do, and we're just going to see how this goes. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. What we're going to start with is the Sammy Hagar portion of the show. Um, it's the Van Halen story. Do you remember our Van Halen story? No, I, I have visual aids to help you. Watch this. Watch what's about to happen here. If I get to work right. Hold on. I preloaded this. It better work. The van. <laughs> wow. Watch this. It's... Boom. <laughs> so. I had a little free time today, and that's always a dangerous thing. I figured out how to give us a little side action there. Um, okay. So anyway, so what happens if I do this? Hold on. Oh, excuse oh, then me. We're down there. I don't like that. All right. So the Van Halen story is this, um, and I'll see if I can do this right here. Um, boom. Uh, back in 1985. Oh. Dave, mm-hmm. David Lee Roth riding riding high on the success of his uh, EP "Crazy from the Heat" announced that he was leaving Van Halen. Um, okay. This is the same summer you and I were trace, chasing <laughs> chasing uh, girls softball teams all over South Louisiana and beyond. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And uh, so the morning, whatever morning it was, my sister left a note that said David Lee Roth left Van Halen because she had to be at the ball field early. Well, you and I were going out to the field and. We were talking about it, and we were sitting by the fence. I remember very vividly because this is a funny story. So we started talking about people we thought would be good replacements for David Lee Roth in Van Halen. Okay. Now, the next slide is not necessarily related to us, but the story goes that Eddie Van Halen's first choice to replace David Lee Roth was Patty Smythe from Scandal. I can't imagine how that was ever going to work in the uh, testosterone-laden uh, yeah, yeah. That's world of Van gonna... Halen. That was never going to work. But apparently they were friends and he wanted, he actually, the stories I've read, he actually offered her the job and she turned it down for those very reasons. She knew better. <laughs> uh, better than Eddie. Uh, uh-huh. It's never going to happen. Uh, I've seen the dudes that come to your concerts. I don't want to shag any of them. Um, but um, you and I sat by the fence as we watched these girls play softball and we came up with, um, Three choices we thought would be great to replace David Lee Roth in Van Halen in the summer of night. Now, the, the important part of this is you have to remember this was the summer of 1985. So these, some of these choices did not age well, but this is where we were. So uh, choice number one we came up with was Morris, Morris Day. Morris Day in the time. Because Morris was the, uh, was the peacock front man uh, like David Lee Roth, and he was used to working with a moody guitar genius you know, in Prince. So we thought maybe Morris might work in retrospect. It's not really a great choice, but uh, yeah. But you know, it might, it could have worked actually, you know, lose the suit, go shirtless, either do a Hendrix thing or, you know, a Kravitz thing and let tease that out. You can pull it off. Oh, I think, I, well, I think it could have worked. I mean, I, I, just, I think I would love to hear Morris Day singing "Ice Cream Man" for some reason. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, 
all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Um, so yeah, that was choice number one we came up with. Um, it could have worked. I mean, I think you're right. If he had like leaned more into sort of the the Hendrix, Kravitz, yeah, Bootsy Collinsy thing, maybe that would have worked. <laughs> he didn't have to play guitar. Michael Anthony could have held the mirror up. It would have worked. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's not as bad a choice in retrospect as I was thinking it was. Hold on, because I mean, there you are looking at him in a one of those double-breasted, super padded things. You basically just strip that guy down to the to his waist, you know, and 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 like um, I said, take take whatever straightener product is out and just go the full monster Q tip fro. I think he could have pulled it off. It actually would have been an interesting look. <laughs> it would have been. I mean, I mean, surely Prince could have hooked him up with a clothier to get him some leather pants. I mean, that's really <laughs> all it would have taken. Yeah, just some spandex. Yeah. I'm going to stand by that choice. I think that's not a bad choice now that I'm talking through, which was what I was hoping we would do. Um, That still doesn't hurt my feelings, that one at all. Um, So um, choice number two is a little little more out there, but let's see. Then we thought Ted Nugent might be the Uh Nugent. He had the same sort of uh, jungle stud, uh, wild man energy that Dave brought to the thing, and he would have added a second guitar. And this was before uh, he went full Fox News. So I would say that would have lasted one and a half albums. I think that might be generous. I think that they would. Well, you're right. They probably would have gotten about halfway through OU812 <laughs> and been looking for another guy. <laughs> well, that and the fact that, you know, Ted likes to press the flesh. Um, so he could have given the boys a run for their money on, on uh, who was pounding the most backstage so um he kills so to speak (laughs) i uh so yeah ted ted well the other thing i thought when i was putting this together was it would have worked for ted more than van halen because in 1985 ted was in transition ted was between you know cat scratch fever ted and fox news yeah well (laughs) damn yankees yeah there's that um, he did do the super group thing later. That's true. Good point. Mm-hmm. But he was kind of because, like, I think his, I think I had but, the album that he put out around that time, and it wasn't especially good. No, um, I, think, I think I think damn Yankees just neutered him. I mean, you know, I mean, take you high. <laughs> yeah, just no. I think he realized <laughs> what it was going to take for him to get a get a, a top forty hit, and was no longer interested in it pretty much at all. No, yeah, because um, I got to hang with Tommy Shaw and uh, <laughs> Jack Blades. Is that who it was? <laughs> yeah, the guy from Night Ranger, Jack Blades. Oh my God, Sister Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing a Sister Christian cover. <laughs> Don't care. I'm the he, nuge, man. Yeah, I think he basically draws an arrow across the, the G string and just bing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our third choice uh, was prescient. Uh huh. Come on. So third choice was Sammy, Sammy Hagar. Hagar. Mm-hmm. And Sammy was coming off of uh, VOA. Um, mm-hmm. So he was kind of at the height of his solo career at that particular moment in time. Well, uh, and he had the growl kind of a thing. And he, yeah. he had the, 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 the growl and the high-pitched scream. Yeah. And he could bounce around. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be doing karate, but he could bounce around with the best of them. And again, he brought a second guitar to the band if you needed it or wanted it. 
Which I think actually, I, I think it helped because, like, you know, I, I do like, uh, I do like OU812, Sucker in a Blue Suit, and some of the other ones. Finish what you started, kind of added yeah. a bluesy sort of a weird vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that was him or just Eddie going through. A, hey, I found some new records. I'd like to riff on this. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the uh, was it finished what you started, man? What he's playing like a twelve-string Rickenbacker on that thing with a country twang on it. It's like, what is that? <laughs> uh, I really like OU812 as well. That's one of my favorite Van Halen records. It's solid start to finish. Yes. Um, sometime last year, I, I listened to the whole catalog front to back. Oh my. Well, it was it was an undertaking. That's um, a twelve days of Liam feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing was, I mean, in, in the well, the, let's finish the slideshow and then we'll move on. Um, we so yeah, we oh, were no. right. We yeah. were right. So in 1986, they appeared on the cover of Rolling Stone with their new lead when singer. Peter Frampton joined the band. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I wa- that was the other thing. Um, Jay Leno. Letterman's favorite comic. That didn't age well. No, not <laughs> um, at all. Peter Frampton, a comeback saga, dead or alive. Well, alive. And then, and then the always popular and, and insightful PJ O'Rourke on what's really wrong with Europe. <laughs> it's amazing so, to me that he wrote for Lampoon. <laughs> it's amazing to me that he wrote for Rolling Stone. Well, he kind of, yeah, he, yeah, well, I think, uh, uh, God, that Will Forte movie that was sort of like on the founders of yeah. uh, National Lampoon, you know, and you, you kind of, when he mentioned P.J. O'Rourke was there, and you're like, oh, that's right, he was, oh, yeah, before he, too, took the hard turn. Yeah. <laughs> I always like the people who like her, like, as you get older, you get more conservative, and I'm like, no, that, that's only true is if you care about preserving if you fail to recognize that our time is finite right right and 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 why are we fighting for everything nostalgic why are we fighting for the past when as we're talking about a 1985 van Halen story from our past but go ahead (laughs) well but see here's the deal well yeah but you know what here okay i'll give you that one (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. You were making no, a really no, good no, point. And I was being a no, wise ass. No, I'm sorry. The, the point, no, the, 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 yeah, the point is that, that we, we, you know, <clears throat> they're just going to wait us out. And I watch all these guys back slapping and high five thinking, hey, we shoved the gays back in the closet. And it's like, they're just going to wait. You're going to die before them. And then they'll be fine. <laughs> yep. It's, and likewise, it's cyclical. I, it, it is cyclical. And so I've, I, I, made peace with the fact that it's like, you know, it really isn't worth fighting for some of this stuff because it's just a matter of time before it's all gone. So just let them, let them do it now. Sorry, but then again, to... we're the latchkey generation and uh, we, we've never really applied ourselves that much to any. It's true. That's true. <laughs> I spent more time on that slide show than I have some of my, my educational <laughs> endeavors. Um... <laughs> Connor walked in while I was making the slideshow. He was like, Wow, it's like when I was in kindergarten learning how to use our third grade learning how to use PowerPoint. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> I've used PowerPoint. It's been a while. I uh-huh. never use PowerPoint. Oh no, it's in grad school. Wise ass. It's been a while. So I'm using Google Slides. I'm learning something on the fly here. There you go. There you go. So anyway, so 
turned out. But yeah, so well. I, that, you know, that gets off. So when I watch some of these people become more conservative, you're just kind of like, eh. it's not that like you haven't lived. It's just that you've not given up. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I I have I've struggled with that that same point of view. I'm like, I, it has not happened in my life. Um, Why well, I look around me and I'm thinking, eh, no, the, the kids are right. This is wrong. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, it's pretty, some of this stuff is pretty straight line. It's, it's not yeah. hard to get to where, and some of it's just none of my goddamn business and it never has been and it never will be. And I'm oh, okay no. with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, <laughs> God. we walked in, I walked into a conversation. So the, our front receptionist is Hispanic. Uh, there's two women who help clean the building and mm-hmm. one is one of them is Hispanic and she doesn't speak very good English. And so I've always talked to her kind of in a mix of pigeon Spanish and pigeon English and we've gotten along fine. Um, and then the other one who cleans the building is a black woman. And so I walk in and the black woman has just told the two Hispanics that what do you mean they're different kinds? I thought you were all Mexicans. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's a moment. <laughs> I'm like, what? And so they go, Steve, Steve, you speak Spanish. You know, you know, we're all different. Like, what do you mean? She goes, what do you think Guatemala is? I'm like, Mexico. She goes, no, no, no. <laughs> She's, where's Honduras? Mexico. And then she goes, what about Venezuela? I'm like, Mexico South. And so, <laughs> so the conversation devolved into... I was agreeing that everybody who spoke Spanish was Mexican some way, that it just was the prevailing thing. I didn't care. And she goes, well, what about Puerto Ricans? I was like, oh, they're Americans. So <laughs> territorially speaking. So, so Rosa, one of our, the, the, one of the cleaning women, she was basically making the point that, yeah, yeah, see, see, all, Hisp- all the Mexicans are the same, all in the, 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 all the Texans and the Arizonans. <laughs> <laughs> all of us who are squatting in Azatlan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that, like I said, that actually that com- might be the episode title. <laughs> but it was the, the funniest thing. And then one of them, goes well what's the difference between chinese and japanese are they different <laughs> i think it has to do with the cleanliness of your knees doesn't it I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but i was sitting there listening i go oh my god i, I can't believe I'm, this is the happening <laughs> and i'm like no they're they're different and, and i swear to god if you call a china a chinese person japanese oh they're gonna let you know <laughs> oh yeah in oh, no yeah. uncertain terms. Korean. I'm not Korean. You do you know Korean? It's like, because ah. I was arguing that Philippines, the Filipinos were also Mexican because of the Spanish American War. <laughs> okay. <laughs> History <laughs> knowledge can be a dangerous thing. Yes. What about Cubans? No, nah, they're 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 their own thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're the David S. pumpkins of Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> And at the point where I decided to walk out was when they were talking about census questions. It's like, yeah, you know how you take a census and it'll say like, you know, what are you? And it says, you know, the first one is always white. And I went, yes, we win again. <laughs> and I walked out. 
You're going to have to do better than that to get us out of the top bubble box. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I, yes. I just remember at some point, I, I just went, see, <laughs> todos los pisma. <laughs> All the same. <laughs> nice. That's too funny. How'd that go over? Did they get that you were playing? Oh, yeah. They, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, yes. I think what I was basically saying that Venezuela and Colombia were South Mexico. Oh, yeah. Well, and Texas, Peru is North, and Argentina Texas is North was, Mexico. I mean, come on. And Argentina and Peru were South South Mexico. <laughs> True South. <laughs> south side. Mexico de Sur. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There you go. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, my God. It, it was. And then after they all leave, one of them, you, we did talk about, like, you know, accents and 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 like you know she goes if she i because she asked me she goes do you know where uh one of the other cleaning people was from and she goes do you think he's mexican i go no i I know he's from somewhere else and and they're like why i go because his spanish sounds a little different he's laotian yeah well well that was one one she goes they think i look chinese and i'm looking at her go i see it yeah (laughs) Not much Mayan in Salvador. You know what? <laughs> Not much Mayan Well, and that actually became the like, because we did talk about could you tell, you know, could you tell somebody apart? Could you tell by looking at somebody who's Mexican? And you're like, I don't think I can tell somebody's Mexican is more indigenous uh, in their makeup than, say, Spanish. <laughs> See, I used to work with the crew. We had a couple of Mexicans. We had a Salvadoran. And boy, he got mad one time when I first started. I called him and said something about him being from Mexico. He got irate. Never made that mistake again. <laughs> and there's, you know, Costa Rica, which is, you know, wet Mexico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mexico de agua. <laughs> See. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. All right. I want to I want to tell you a funny story. So, I found out why the boys crapped out on us at Comic-Con. Okay. So, it, <laughs> <laughs> that first night when they were out trying to scam drinks, uh-huh, they found a dispensary and bought some edibles that were okay. way more potent than they thought they were going to be. <laughs> so, they were just stoned out of their minds when we went to Comic-Con. <laughs> Okay, then. Connor told Laura and I that over dinner one night, and she looked at me, and I'm like, how was I supposed to anticipate that? She's like, really? I'm like, I told him to get drinks, not drugs. My man, can I get a gin and tonic? My man, can I get an ID? <laughs> well, bless them. I mean, God bless them. They tried six or seven places, so, I mean, you know. Um, but... They found a dispensary, and they wanted. They, and in Connor's words, they wanted to have the true California experience. So, so <laughs> that's that story. Well, if that were the case, they would have woke up naked on the beach, oh, <laughs> or in a tent in front of the library. <laughs> so, was Jack high when he committed the hate crime? With I don't the hate remember. crime? I don't know. Yeah, I'll check on that. Find that out. 
Um, all right. I want to hear about your altered states. <laughs> I tell you what, though. The, okay. The only time I, I, I did an edible at the Comic-Con the year before. Okay. And, and nobody told me to pace. And I was like, well, how much do I take? They're like, just take a this. I like take half the cookie. They're like, okay. I go, is that too much? Well, yes. I found out it was. <laughs> okay. Well, see, I'm missing out. I'm the only one of us who hasn't, like, imbibed the California experience. Then that's where, I, yeah, I was sitting at, at Fun Days and uh, had all these, like, time skips. Uh, <laughs> you know, this red... <laughs> Does everybody know am I? Does everybody know am I? I mean, I was drinking too. I had like one of those yard margaritas. Oh, oh my God, so much beer. And then that thing. And then I'm sitting there in loud noises and pulsating sounds and, you know, wondering, how did I get here? How did I get here? Did I leave this the table? Not my beautiful house. <laughs> it's just not my beautiful car. <laughs> It was unpleasant to say. Well, now least. I have a goal for Comic Con <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, I was. That was that was a that was a different experience. Okay, so the total relaxation. Please the, tell me. The so yeah. states. It ends. Like, <clears throat> give it. Give it a little preface. Give it a little little context. Okay, so the the, the preface and the context is that uh, Kristen bought me uh, float uh, float therapy sessions. Nice. To help relax and what it is is for an hour you lie in a tub full of epsom salt and you completely float like super saturated water right so super just... saturated water so you float and the, there's uh there's music that plays and then it stops and then you're just kind of in this darkened pod that looks like the mork from work eggshell and 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 you just lay there and you know um it takes a little while to get used to because because you float you you sit in the tub and then your legs immediately go shooting out from under you mm-hmm. <laughs> because they they're buoyant and <laughs> and and you're trying to like close the lid you can't get leverage and you you do finally get it then the music and and you you lie there and you know your your legs are floating and you don't feel them after a while and then you you're you're sitting there and you've because you don't trust that your head's going to float, you've got like a pillow or your neck and your shoulders are all bunched up to keep your head out of the water. Uh, and so what was happening to me was that I would, I would get to the state of like total relaxation. I'd be like going, you know, thinking the, the ninjas and then the ninjas turned into zombies and then the zombies turned into giant spiders. And then part of my brain goes, you're gonna drown, and it's bolt up. What the fuck? <laughs> and then you were a waterbed user. I thought you'd be okay with this sensation. Well, well, it's just it's it's like your head. It it doesn't dip below because like you know your the top of your face sticks out. But yeah, every time I get like totally relaxed and I could feel my arms drift away and I could feel my necks relax that, that I would basically just kind of drift off into these strange little, little dream eddies. And it'd be just like, you know, as I was telling, it's like, you're just laying there and it's calm and there's no noise and you're listening to like the pumps in the other rooms and you're, you're hearing the people walk around upstairs and you're just kind of in that sort of moment of like total relax. You're just like, ah, I'm going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you bolt upright in the tank. <laughs> it's like, better than I'm going to go eat a goat, I think. <laughs> uh, but so yeah. Any, any, any like, you know, reversion to your uh, primal self or anything? No, like and I was no. hoping for it. I was, well, you got to was... take that special mix of uh, hallucinogens <laughs> yeah. before you get in. Peyote and a little microdosing. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I will say, you have that thought as you're just sort of, and like like I'm laying in there, and like I'll I'll wiggle my fingers to like paddle the boat, sort of a thing. Sure. So you 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 know you kind of like do this, and then you kind of slowly drift into the side of the tank. So then you just wiggle one finger to kind of eddy around, and then you <laughs> wiggle this hand to eddy the other way, and you just kind of you know you, you kind of do your toes, and you sort of just kind of bounce around the tank for a while, and then your brain screams you're going to drown and you wake back up <laughs> okay. well i've always been curious about that now you've got me even more curious but i will say that afterwards you know i was feeling really really good you know because you and you know kristen's like do you do it naked are you you barely sit there like no they say go in there totally nude and it's epsom salt so it like doesn't dry off so when you're laying there you're less just like kind of like oh Ah, my penis is cold. So you splash some water on it and you kind of touch down there and it's all slimy. And you're like, what did I just know? What the hell? And then you're just kind of like, oh no, it's the, it's all, makes all, me a little bit ill. Yeah. Well, you've had, you've, you've had like the ultrasound stuff. Oh yeah. Like uh, you're kind of covered in that stuff. Like it's all kind of not wet, but not dry. And it's all sluicy and. It's that primordial ooze, man. It's like, yeah, you feel a little oozy. And then they have a couple floats. And I, I wondered about that for a moment and thought, whoa, that would be, you know. Uh, no. Oh my God. I, you know, okay. It might be cool to like float with your partner, but what if you get aroused and then, you know, um, no, no, no. It's solo, solo, solo action. Would you me. would you still float if someone was astride you? No, no. <laughs> I don't think you would. I mean, what would it it'd be sex without leverage? How did that work? <laughs> it'd just be, I think, just mashing, you know. <laughs> One of you would slide off the other and drift away. <laughs> Is the is the couple's pod bigger? I would hope so. <laughs> they have you packed in there like sardines with Epsom oil. Maybe. Everybody comes out all slick and greasy. <laughs> oh God! Well, there's a visual I probably didn't need, but anyway. Uh, hey. All right. You, wait, you're just in there with your thoughts, man. Shit gets a little strange sometimes. Because you're like, oh, I'm not going to think about work. I'm going to think about uh, drawing something. And then it just kind of, ooh. And then, of course, yeah, like I said, every now and again, you're just like, oh, penis is cold. Splish, splish, splish. Okay. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell me about your adventures on the Billy Joel channel. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm trying what I can <laughs> No segue, and I just splish, splish, splish. Oh God, yeah. So first of all, why the Billy Joel channel out of everything that Sirius XM offers? Um, I have like that set channels, you know, like that. The car yeah. has like three preset, three 
preset groups. Right. And I didn't feel like switching out of my preset group. You okay. Know. <clears throat> and they, yeah, it was just a special thing. So what did you learn about uh, Billy Joel that well, you didn't already know? I listened because we were going to talk about music, and I thought I should have something to talk about, so I picked Billy Joel. Because, um, well, wait a minute. Like, Kristen hates Billy Joel, and I can understand why, because I got Zanzibar stuck in my head one day. <laughs> I got the old man's car. I got a jazz guitar, and I got a seat at Zanzibar. Bar. Oh man, the guys that ran some of the bars in Lafayette when I was in college were Billy Joel guys. So there was one bar that was Zanzibar, then it was 52nd Street, and then it was something else. It was, so when they ran the commercials, they played that song in the background. It was terrible. I got a jazz guitar. And it was, it, well, so, so anyway, so I, I, I tuned it in, and, and part of it is like, my God, he was a rom com 80s soundtrack, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And so, and, and there's every time Laura and I hear, like, we hear, like, uh, my life on the radio, we both do this. That's bosom buddies, baby. Oh, my God. Every but, single time we just look at each other and do that, have our entire relationship. <laughs> That's a thing. So, yeah, there's this thing where he's talking about how he comes up with his songs and what's the inspiration. And, like, he has a lot of, like, um, doo-wop and a lot of, like, old standards kind of things, which when you listen to it, you hear that. Oh, yeah. And then so you're kind of going, okay, so why do we give Billy Joel fans such a hard time? <laughs> and it's like it's and, – and I've I, because – when he was younger, he had a range. As he got older, that range flattened out. And so all you're doing is listening to a New Yorker kind of, you know, doing, you know. A Long Island or is it Staten Island? Staten Island, I think. Staten I Island. Know. But, yeah, it's just a New Yorker doing just singing and just telling stories. And, you know, it's all flat and easily. It's, it's a Chaz Palminteri one-man show. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and so, like, you sit there and you listen to, uh, uh, I don't know, New York State of Mind. And I got, because I'm listening to it, I'm like, you know, lyrically, this isn't bad. What if this was sung by Dean Martin? What was this sung by Frank Sinatra? What was this sung by somebody who had, like, a richer, deeper voice, you know? Right. That song would actually probably be kind of a standard. And so that got me thinking that, if and, it, and his arrangements are so kind of in that same flat range that the guitar player never really, you know, it's like piano, saxophone, maybe piano. Oh, yeah, if you got to have a bridge, there's going to be a saxophone in a Billy Joel song if there's a bridge for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so I got wondering, I was like, what would his songs, if you had a different vocalist and you played with the arrangements? Um, because they had an interview with like one of his, his band and the band says, you know, what Billy expects is those lines are written. You don't mess with those lines. You, you do the lines the way they are. And I thought, and that's the problem. Okay. They're locked in, but you do them just the way they are. They Thank, are. You. Thank you. <laughs> and I can see that's actually how he sings it to you when you, when you, uh, yeah. when you freelance a little bit. <laughs> Do I have to remind you? Just the way they are. You're fired. 
Hey, that's pretty good Billy Joel impression. You have been listening to a lot of it. Three, four days, yeah. Oh, that's too much. I've seen I didn't start that twice. fire, man. Didn't start yeah. yet. <laughs> I've seen him in concert twice. Um, I will admit that. Um, I saw him. His first concert I went to. I mean, it's an enjoyable experience for what it is. It's never, it's never going to be on my best concerts I've been to list, but you know, it's a, I'm sure seeing him now is a little different with all the aging boomers in the audience. Uh, I think it might be actually worth seeing him again just for that experience. It's the soundtrack oh, of yeah, my life. Well, you need new albums. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, David Cassidy came to town, came here, and I went with a friend of mine, and it was Milf City. That audience was Milf City. I'm sure. And 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 you, here's what you saw: is you saw all of the the milfs up at the front of the stage losing their mind, and then a bunch of guys at the back of the stage, my age, back at the the field, um, they were clearly prowling for you know Cougar Town type of things, and Violent Femmes were playing on another stage. So I went over there <laughs> to listen to Violent Femmes. It was a strange festival. So anyway, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's David Cassidy, Rick Springfield. So it's Rick oh, Springfield oh on that makes stadium. more sense then. Sorry. That makes a whole lot more sense. So he's over there doing Jesse's Girl. They're right. doing Why Can't I Get One More Play. You know, um, and uh, basically uh, met some people, really nice people, fun people. Uh, there was a girl. We hit it off really connected uh there was a guy there who had come in from out of town just to hang out with her and the longer i hung out the more miserable i made his evening and every time i tried to leave she would ask me to stay because she was not particularly thrilled he'd made the trip to come and see her oh <laughs> you know yeah you were, you were you were the cock block Yes. Splish, um, splish, splish, splish. <laughs> can't unhear that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Next time you take a bath, you're just going to be like, eh, splish, splish, splish. <laughs> see, I had a, not the splish, splish, but like we went to see Duran Duran at a club in Houston for Laura's birthday. She was a huge Durani growing up, and they were playing small, small club. And we went with her and two of her work friends and it was the same thing it was like all 40 old women you know just out <laughs> losing their fucking minds and and at some point it went oh soccer mom brought the chiba okay <laughs> soccer mom's going wild out here um somebody hit a fatty at the duran duran show on a thursday night all right <laughs> we saw joe cocker <laughs> so uh, there's a guy so there's like these two guys sitting in front of us and they're grizzled concert goers right right you know they've been going to shows since the 70s right <clears throat> and this kid <laughs> is getting drink that one of them comes in with beers and he bumps into this kid spills the beer all over him and he's like oh man i'm totally sorry so about five minutes later uh to make up for the kid he's like and the kid is like holding it in his hands and sitting with his mom and his dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like looking over at his mom and his dad. 
He's like, uh, like, it's okay, man. It's cool. It's cool. Don't no one's gonna bust you. He's like, I'm with my parents, and it's like, eh, eh. <laughs> That's a true concert dude right there. Uh-huh. I had a very similar experience one time when uh right after dad moved to Houston, I would come to concerts from Lafayette, right? And usually brought somebody with me, but one time I wanted Tom Petty was playing with the Georgia Satellites and the Delft Wagos, a really cool triple bill. I couldn't get anybody to come with me. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going by myself. Drove over, went to the show. Um, bought my ticket day of, you know, back when you had to go to the department store and buy your ticket, get a physical oh, yeah. ticket. Um, I, go to, yeah. so I, I got Everybody's this one. Hanging out at God shows, waiting. <laughs> yeah, I had that one singleton down in the lower bowl. Uh, and it was, <laughs> I get there and sitting next to these two guys, kind of like your guys. About two songs into the Del Fuegos, he reaches into his cowboy boot. And pulls out a Tommy Chong size spliff <laughs> and just what lights that son of a bitch up. And he <laughs> looks at me and goes, eh, No, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> but I was like, That is some Texas hospitality for you right there. He offered me his boot joint. <laughs> I'm willing to bet tongue. there was a I'm willing to bet there was a holster inside that boot to hold that thing. On the other boot, yeah. 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 <laughs> One for the spliff and one for the lighter. Um, custom made. Oh, man. We went to uh, Tom Petty and Black Crows. Oh, uh, I bet there was some ganja flying about that on that one. Well, there was. And there was this guy who kept, like, hitting on Kristen, right? And I kept pushing him aside because, this, you know, I just say, hey, man, hey, man, it's, it's you know, it's my girlfriend. Hey, no, don't worry about it. I'm cool. And I finally got enough. And I reached up around over his shoulder and grabbed you know, cross to this shoulder and just whoop. <laughs> 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 and we were up in the grass seats. So when he went into the crowd, <laughs> he went into the crowd and all of a sudden I got all this space. Right. <laughs> uh, we went to see Melissa Etheridge one time, Laura and I, uh, and she, came back from the ladies room and she's like you know i've gotten used to being checked out by guys but it was really weird to be checked out by all the women in the restroom <laughs> it's like oh didn't think about that oh look she's gonna play maggie may now okay um <laughs> couples dance <laughs> everybody grab your gal <laughs> maggie <laughs> oh that's too funny um, oh, okay. There's the other things I want to talk about. So I have this theory, and Laura thinks I'm full of crap, full of crap, by the way. But I have this theory that and this ties into music, believe it or not. I have this mm-hmm. theory that pop music is really important to everyone for about 20 years of their life. Okay. From about 11, 12, unless you have like an older brother or sister or family friend who turns you on a little sooner, you might. Mm-hmm. But, because I, I kind of use my numbers like 79 to 99 and after that i'm like eh whatever it is i'll listen to it if it comes along but i'm not going to go out of my way looking for it right mm-hmm. um so it's like my, my 30 year pop i'm still working out the details but does that track for you just out of curiosity i know you're not as like that's the thing big a music big guy music. yeah, yeah. Uh, like what like what's your first like we tried it earlier what's your first conscious memory of a, of music that wasn't presented to you by your parents how about that uh it's gonna be sticks actually okay see mm-hmm. uh grand illusion you know mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then, of course, the disappointment that's Mr. Roboto and <laughs> Kilroy. Kilroy. about that, the better. What the apparently, fuck happened? Apparently, uh, my brother-in-law is like first cousins with Dennis DeYoung. I don't allegedly. Oh, sorry. I know. Well, it gives me free tickets or something. Whatever. But anyway. Um, yeah. Because the best of time. That was your class song, by the way. I it bet was? you don't remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't. That's uh, okay. It's better than mine. So, um, uh, it's uh, so yeah. So like, I can like think of I, like '79 is kind of where I started becoming aware of like stuff outside of what my parents were listening to. You know, like we had gotten some family friends who had older kids, so it was like Kiss and Petty and like that like late stage Zeppelin. I remember some of. I remember a lot of Petty and Kiss. Uh, no, we and... had a neighbor who had the Queen Killer Queen album and mm-hmm. Kiss Alive. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, killer alive. Anyway, uh, you know, big, like, big hunting robot and the band's all dead. This one is like stomping on bevels. Um, <laughs> fire in the background. Somebody's spitting up blood. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you got to listen to this. And I remember knowing that that Queen was more interesting. And then uh, college would be the next time that I, and that's because of Barrett and Chris, mm-hmm. who, um, um Barrett had a big talking heads thing queen um chris had genesis uh he was uh, more proggy wasn't he as i recall he was a little more proggy he a big genesis big uh peter what's his face gabriel gabriel thank you i'll say Stuart, genesis genesis adjacent yeah genesis adjacent uh but yeah he was big into genesis uh big into rush both of them were big into rush uh they uh, actually they took me to go see stop making sense uh, okay which was like oh my god sold <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll do it <clears throat> you know i'd like to sing a song for you psycho killer Just to say. Just to say. yeah and they bring out the band and build the set i mean it just was such a phenomenal piece the whole movie um so yeah so i'm gonna go with those guys um and then yeah chris was way more proggy um you know oh you gotta hear king crimson what (laughs) (laughs) it's the hall of the mountain king man Uh (laughs) i uh i I started experimenting sort of just like reading because i was reading a lot of rolling stone and like oh that sounds interesting and the one that always sticks out to my in my mind is um Shit, I can't think of the name of the album. Um, it was Los Lobos. They were the ones that kind of like, oh, that's something I really, really like. Oh, my um, God. Uh, Machine Head is such a great album. Uh, I think it's Machine Head. Isn't that the one? Mossy, Mossy, Moss is on there. Big something head. Hold on. I'm looking it up because I can't yeah. think of the name of the record that I love so much right now. Hold on. Um, and I have yet to see those guys in concert, and it bothers me I a great deal. a couple times. I had tickets to go see them at Antone's, like the great little blues club downtown, and then COVID came, <laughs> and I didn't get to go see them. And, I, and oh. then they they play at Green Hall pretty regularly, which is really where I want to see them. That's a really great venue. Um, shit, what's the name of the album? You're talking about Colossal Head. Colossal Head, there we go. And I go. liked By the Light of the Moon, which came out in 87. Um, one Time, One Night in America is one of my all-time favorite songs. Just I can listen to that song anytime, anywhere. And knowing that they came so weird that they came out of that LA punk scene that with like X 
and uh, the germs and the go-go's when they were like the, the, the guys from East LA that got to come hang and play with all those guys. And you they can sometimes another hear band it. from East LA. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you can sometimes, and that's what I realized the, for the first time that a lot of the Mexican traditional Mexican music has so much in common with like Cajun music. It's the same instruments. It's, it's the same the instruments. Violin. Very much so. It's and it's the polka the style, big fat guitar. the waltzy stuff, and it's not that different. No, it is. It's isn't. just a different language. It's Spanish instead of French. It's the same basic stuff. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I really, really like them, and they are on my. They are like at the top of my short list to see at some point soon. Hopefully, they'll come back around before they get too old to do it again. Oh, they're going to go till they die. They're going to do the stone sort of a thing. Well, they haven't lived quite as hard, so they probably got a few more miles in them. Um, yeah, so that was like my first big like, oh, wait, there's more stuff. And then I started like, you know, oh, okay. So I, I always tell Connor, I did it back. I did the backwards track like a lot of guys do. You know, okay, I like Guns N' Roses. Well, they say Aerosmith influenced them. I was an Aerosmith. <laughs> and Aerosmith says it was the Stones. The Stones say it was Muddy Water. So... Okay, well, let's check out the blues. And then I got into this whole like blues thing and mm-hmm. like totally down with that. And, and then I saw Stevie Ray Vaughan in concert and my mind was blown. <laughs> that was yeah. something else. So, well, you know, thanks to Lithium, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> AKA Tom Morello channel. <laughs> <laughs> And then just you scream the F word over and over the guitar. <laughs> and talk about shotguns a lot. Shotguns. <laughs> shotguns and inequality. Um, Listen, that's what, what that you- band could have been called, Shotguns and Inequality, is what it was called, Rage Against the Machine, by the way. Oh, yeah. It could be. That'd be an album. I could see that, yeah. Uh, Bloodhouse, Gang, Bloodhouse Gang, they play on lithium from time. It's like, I just... Because it's like the roof part, you know, come on, party people. But when you listen, like, listen to the lyrics, the lyrics are just so funny. You know, he's not black like uh, Barry White. He's white like Jack Black, Frank Black is. Easy uh, <laughs> yes. the white beat. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know which band I loved from that era that I felt like should have been so much bigger and the Two world would have been. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the world would have been such a better place if they had been the breakout '90s band instead of Nirvana. Is Cracker? Okay, okay they are yeah. whip smart. The lyrics are great. They go all over the damn place. It's not the same <laughs> every song. They play. They play different styles. Different. I mean, their the lyrics are so smart. I always loved those guys, and I really wish they had been bigger. Oh well. So so was, so it shall be. Yeah. yeah, we saw them. Like we saw them on um, what might have been the most '90s bill of all time. One time, I won tickets from the radio station. It was Cracker, mm-hmm. uh, Gin Blossoms. Oh my! And Spin Doctors. Oh, I was gonna say Sonic Youth. Uh. <laughs> no, no, no. Gin Blossoms, Cracker, and Spin Doctors. Wow! All on one stage in one night. Wow. <laughs> well, we, we, we saw how bare the, naked. How, go ahead. We saw bare naked ladies who had a. Uh, oh, shit. OMD open for them. Wow. 
Yeah. OMD or the Samoan dude? No. Uh, yeah. Samoan Joe opened up, came out, talked around the stage, threw <laughs> some chairs to the crowd. And then he, he, no, he, no, he no sold one week. Yeah. He, and, uh, uh, he, he, yeah he speared the, the, the poor little guitarist keyboardist <laughs> and threw him into the crowd and left. Muscle buster on that skinny little bass player. And that's all she <laughs> broke that guy in half, man. Uh, oh. Oh shit! Yeah, it was a strange bill. It was I forgot who the the other. Oh god, it wasn't Those... Thomas Dolby, but it was. It was... <laughs> that would be god. really odd, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That was... <laughs> so one, time, I don't... Chris Smith, who I'm going to get on here because he's got a he's self publishing a book, and I'm going to get him on here soon to talk about that. But and the oil had... industry, oil and yeah. gas industry, and <laughs> I'm glad he's such a he's 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 an interesting cat, man. It really is. Um, you two would get along famously. I'm no question in my mind. Um, two of my favorite people in the world to hang out with. Uh, we and I went to see one time. We would go to shows that the wives didn't want to go to. Um, this is actually two funny a funny story and a concert story. So Laura and Chris's wife Cindy used to work together. Huh, and they kept okay. talking about. How if we ever met each other, we were just gonna, you know, be fast friends. And so we went to a firm picnic one year. I was June, June, July, I don't remember when it was, but Chris and I, like, they were right. It like we clicked immediately. <laughs> and like, he had tickets to go see Super Joint Ritual at this little dive. It, trust me, <laughs> it was some of the guys from Pantera. And Hank Williams the third was playing bass for this band. It was one oh of the strangest God. things I've ever seen. But we went to this shit that very night we met. We were at this show where guys were swinging from the ceiling, tearing the HVAC out of the ceiling. And it was go from there. We went to see uh, this like metal show one time. It was Testament opened. Then it was Motorhead. Oh, my God. Then it was Judas Priest. And then it was Heaven and Hell, which was the Dio version of Black Sabbath. Oh it was God. amazing. And the people <laughs> watching was just phenomenal. Wow. <laughs> I got nothing to compete with that. <laughs> we saw Chicken Foot together. We, ah. saw, we saw Velvet Revolver. <clears throat> okay. And to bring nice. this all home... Um, Sammy Hagar and David Lee Roth did a tour together, which I think was pretty much, you know, colloquially referred to as the Fuck You Eddie tour. But <laughs> uh, we went to see that. Me, uh, it was a bunch of us, like <laughs> a couple of guys Laura worked with. Matt came into town. Chris oh, met us. We, there was like six of us. And it was just so <laughs> David Lee Roth was running the best Van Halen cover band I've ever seen. And it was when Sammy was in his full-blown uh, hard rock Jimmy Buffett phase. So it was just like, and we, we were like, oh, we're, combined. we're going to buy tickets just because this is never going to make it through the whole tour. If we get lucky, they'll make it to Houston. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make it the whole tour. They made it to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun night on the lawn. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So do uh, you have anything fun on your desk? Uh no. No? I don't. Well, let me see. I've got a couple of things. Let me see. Because oh. I think I've done I've done Moon Knight. <clears throat> yeah, you did last time. So so I get this text from Connor the other day. He would go to Half Price Books, and he goes, hey, they have this. Do you want it? I've raised the child right. 
Oh, there we go. <laughs> machine, gun, nice. machine gun. Machine Caesar. gun Caesar. Mm-hmm. He also brought me Maurice, who's over here as well, for the monkey wall. Oh, nice. <laughs> but he wasn't too high to know I wanted that. Um, there we go. And then um, every year uh, at, at the holidays or Halloween, I always treat myself to a box of Count Chocula because I love Count Chocula. Uh-huh. I'm not did ashamed. Did away for the cause? I did. Not only did <laughs> I send away, I got him. All right. <laughs> I don't know anything about cause. So you do you know about He's these? A, he, it's just a toy designer. They got the little X's for the eyes. He does a lot of the big... Um, yeah. Yeah, they're cool. They're like, I, I, was, I wasn't what I thought they were going to be, but they're very cool. They're very... Uh, I haven't opened very, them yet. Yeah, no, they're very, very like seventies uh, yeah. plastic army men. Kind it of looks thing. like very much like something you would have gotten out of one of the boxes in the seventies. Yeah, they even got I even got a fruit brute. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, it's Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, very and cool. fruit brute. So those are, I added some shelving back here. I'm gonna start. Uh, yeah, stuff. I was gonna say it looks a little bit more built out. Yeah, I got some little rinky dink shelves, but yeah, I got my. A lot of my monkeys are displayed over there now. So. No, I, I no, I've got nothing. I, I uh, yeah, it's pretty sad, pathetic. We're getting rid of stuff. Um, I've been I switched around. I started collecting Funkos. They did some of the hockey mascots. Okay, did you get a gritty? I did have a. I did get a gritty, which is the stupidest looking mascot I think <laughs> I've ever seen. When you see yep. the puppet. It's kind of like, oh my God, the everybody was high at the creature feature shop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the pop itself is very cool, and I didn't know that the Blackhawks had a mascot, Tommy Hawk. Um, Does he do this? No, he doesn't. But he's got the hands out to the side, like he's going to double chop you. Oh, um, but yeah, he's like a, a black hawk <clears throat> with a little red and white mohawk. It's actually kind of fun. That's cool. It actually is cool, but uh, yeah, he's not on the desk. He's out of out of range. I'd have to walk. That's all right. No worries. Uh, so, what are you getting rid of? Curious now. Just uh, <laughs> I sold American Girl dolls today. Um, oh, fun! Mm-hmm. How much yeah. for it? No idea. <laughs> okay, uh, daughter or wife collects those. Grandma, great. They gave them to us to sell. And oh, okay. Use the money to babe's going to go to Paris at the end of the year, at the okay. uh, end of the school year. So we're using, I'm selling American girl dolls to pay for a trip to Paris. <laughs> That's such a dad thing to do. Uh huh. Yes, yes, yes. And then just miscellaneous stuff. You kind of, I, I went through the boxes and just like, oh, I'm going to get rid of all this stuff and make room for new stuff. And, uh, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, there's just, I got nothing. I did watch Black Panda, uh, Black Panda. <laughs> Save that as for next time I haven't watched as, Kung, Fu Kung Fu Panther, yeah. <laughs> Save that for the next one because I haven't watched it yet. Uh, let's, let's, let's hold off on that. I'll have it watched by the next time. What are your expectations of the movie? Um, I expect it to be a meditation on grief and loss with, with a little side helping of atlanteans but but not atlanteans but not atlanteans it's actually it's actually uh 
I believe you will be pre pleasantly surprised. I, I mean, you'll, you'll get through the movie and you're like, wow, that was way better than I thought it was going to be. I, I do want to see it. And then, like, it's, I have, we have our Oscar list, you know, where we're marking off movies. And I might try and do an Oscar roundtable episode before that happens. Um, but uh, haven't gotten to that one yet because, you know, if we watch Banshees, Banshees, there's 30 nominees total, right? So if you watch Banshees of Inishirin, Tar, and The Fablemans, you see 10 of the nominees in those three movies. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't bring myself that we couldn't we watched to Leslie the other night, which is really Leslie. Yes, that movie's really good. Okay. Um it's okay. the one that the woman got nominated for Best Actress and caused the controversy because it's this little indie movie that they didn't think anybody had seen. And suddenly she was nominated for Best Actress. And it's really, really well done. Um it's on Prime if you're interested. It's in okay. the um and aside from whatever the hell accent mark Marin is trying to pull off it's really really good um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um no it, he's fine he's good mm -hmm. um it's actually one of the eps on the thing so i guess he can do whatever accent he wants um he's throwing some of that what, wtf money around now there we go there we go um yeah so i haven't seen that yet i am looking forward to quantum mania i do want to go see that one in the theater <laughs> I think that one needs to be seen in the theater. Yeah. I looked at Laura the other day. I'm like, how are you coming? At, where do you stand on quantum mania? Cause I know you love you some Paul Rudd, but there's going to be all kind of time travel and weird alternate enough. realities. And it's going to be fucking weird. She's like, eh, I didn't see the last one. I'm like, that's going to have no bearing on this movie whatsoever. I don't think so either. I think it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I am to the point with the Marvel movies where my expectations are no longer sky high. They're sort of, I've, I've leveled them out. So. Well, I not, think we're over the initial, Oh my God, we're getting a blank movie. Right. Right. Then oh my God. They're almost, all going to be in the same movie. Oh yeah. Now, so now it's just like, Oh, oh we're going to get another <laughs> blank movie. Um, so when they yeah. take it, take some when they do something that looks like they're taking a chance or doing something out of the formula, mm -hmm. I'm more excited. And I well, and I think Marvel too. I I will say this: like I I think the the reason the Black Panther movies work is that Marvel Comics has created these places you want to go to because you're like, oh yeah, I'd like to see what the Savage Land is like. I want to see what would... Wakanda is like. I want to see Latveria. You know. Maybe yeah, not. for sure. I uh, no, I think um, that that I think something with the Savage Land would be amazing. It would be, you know, like Jurassic Park without the scientists telling you everything will be okay. Yeah, you know. No, no, we've got it all under control. No, no, it's like no, these dinosaurs never died out. <laughs> <laughs> we got mean? mammals and lizards living together. <laughs> <laughs> Cats and dogs. It'll be chaos. Living together and sin, yeah. Um, so I, I think that because of that, you 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 uh, you extend your uh, the belief in Wakanda, and uh, those guys did such a great job in the first movie of creating Wakanda. Yeah. Um, you know uh, that you you get into the new movie, you already know. Oh, they're in Wakanda. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not as. <laughs> Like, why do I know that skyline as well as I know New York? You know, <laughs> that's a valid point. That's actually, I really like that what you're saying about all the little like destination places that 
they really have only scratched the surface on because they did so much of it around mm-hmm. New York while they were building it out. There's oh, so yeah. many corners of the of the of the. Eventually, Marvel we'll get Genosha and all that other nonsense. <laughs> Asteroid M and the Blue Area. <laughs> Someday we'll get the Blue Area. The Blue Area of the Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, Nick, uh, Captain America, Nick Fury, hanging out with the Inhumans. Yeah. Getting all kinds of entwined in Medusa's hair. Hey, <laughs> hey. it does things. <laughs> <laughs> it does stuff. So yeah, no. So it, it, Black Panther actually, it, it turns out to be. Uh, I felt better than the first one. Okay. And I always thought the first one was good. It just never like blew my socks off like some of them. Um, well, no, because like the the. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I mean, I, I liked it just fine. It's yeah. I, mean, I don't think I was the person it was intended to blow the socks off of. Well, no, and so, I, I think too that you know we knew who T'Challa was, so this was not a revelation. You know? <laughs> that's also true. You know, I mean, it's like oh yeah, yeah, he's that dude from Africa, the guy who has his own country, and the crazy metal, and the crazy metal, and he nailed Storm. So good for him. <laughs> God bless, sir. You did what all of us wanted to do. And for that, we salute you. Oh, for those of you not watching the stream and listening, I did the Wakanda forever symbol. Yes. So. All right. I, I, the other thing I'm, I'm interested in, I, I told Laura the other day, Jonathan Majors is, I, he's a good actor, but I think that boy is about to have a breakout. Because yeah. I Between, think he's going to play King differently in like every movie. Well, and he's also essentially playing the Mr. T character in the third Creed movie in March. Oh, he's yeah, got, yeah. He's got Quantumania and Creed 3 coming out. No, he's going to blow up. He's going to be so big. I mean, he was really good in Lovecraft Country, which was I only, I thought was only okay. But he's I've never seen him be bad in anything. Okay. And he's just been needing that. I mean, he was great in Loki in the one episode he was in. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, there's so many ways you can go with Kang, too, because there's all the iterations of Kang. And that's what I think you're going to see is we're just going to see him Every move, every time out, it'll be slightly different version, and we'll just be that's one guy. Holy shit, (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna come out, come out as Immortus Uh Ramatut, the Scarlet Centurion. I mean, that this is where the rubber's gonna hit the road for the casual fan. I do believe that that you're gonna have to go. No, you you do have to go watch Quantum Media. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, that (laughs) one's gonna be that's the that's the new Iron Man, that's the baseline right there. I do believe that will be the case as we move forward. Now, now, so anyway, my thoughts on that. So, no, I I think he, I think he is going to just, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I love the Rocky and Creed movies. I'm a sucker for those things. I will go watch that opening night and just watch people beat each other up. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I love those movies so much, but I do. Oh, they uh, they touch the heartstrings or something. <laughs> Maybe because they've been around since we were like eight or nine. Eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> when Creed was coming out, the boys were just old enough to start processing. Hey, that looks like something I might want to see. I'm like, well, I'll take you to see that, but before you see that, yeah, let me to show watch you the these Rock- other five movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 
I don't. I didn't make him watch the one with Tommy Morrison, but we watched all the rest of them. I wouldn't. I would not take him to see it until they had seen at least the first four. And yeah, oh, yeah. Gotta, you got to know about Polly's robot. What's that? Oh, you got to yeah. know about Polly's robot. <laughs> All right, I'm too deep. I'm too deep in the in the well. Oh now. no, no, it just yeah. People are gonna be like, huh? <laughs> what is it? Oh, we did a. Uh, we've been doing this manage leadership training course for work, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a year long thing. And there's like online seminars, right? And the guy who's leading him, he's like, you know, I just want to show you real quick. You know, I, I, you know, there's always just like one last thing. And, and I'm always showing my age. And he goes, go ahead and put that picture up on the screen. He goes, and, and in the chat, just tell us who, if you, who you think that is, right? It's a picture of Peter Falk from Columbo, right? So I go into the chat and I say, it's, it's the grandpa from Princess Bride. <laughs> And so they're like, oh, looking at the chat. What do we got? Some people here. Oh, Columbo. Yeah, people are getting that. And then they go, what's this? Uh, this Steph guy's uh, well, the, the, the grandfather from Princess Bride? Uh, I, I don't know what that is. And then you hear somebody else. Uh, I, I think it's the same actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I write back, I guess I should have said Beretta. <laughs> <laughs> Kojak. Oh, I was ready. I was like <laughs> McLeod or McLeod or Cannon or Manix Quincy or Manix. <laughs> uh, Serpentine, Sheldon. Serpentine. Oh, that's Go with the in laws. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, nice. All the marbles. He was the oh. manager in all the marbles. <laughs> Oh shit! The 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 lone detect the Sam Spade the kind sad of, detective the sad detect yes I would have I I was oh he like, was he, and murder by death he was the Sam Spade character in murder by death that's the one yes we're doing it again you realize that right I know and I and I'm sitting there going I have my fingers over the keyboards so I'm just like yeah this really isn't the crowd to play this game with right now because <laughs> they're gonna just see this list of the cloud Mannix. <laughs> Cannon. McMillan, McMillan without his wife. No, then the next one was just be wife. <laughs> McMillan, wife. <laughs> you know, it's really funny that you brought that up because, and now we're going to get to a stopping point here, but now I'm on. Yeah. The, uh, I think I mentioned we watched uh, the first couple episodes of Poker Face on Peacock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is really good. And it's got a very much, it's got a very 70s TV detective vibe to it. Like the opening okay. credits look like something from the old. Sunday night mystery show where they had like the revolving group of yeah and a Quid Martin production. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is Ryan Johnson, so you know he's got that weird glass onion vibe to it. But uh, Natasha Leone is really, really good in it, okay. and it's really fun. Um, she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I highly recommend that show. I think you would dig it. Um, I've only watched the first two episodes, but I'm. Ready to dive back in. There's no- Punk rock. Uh, uh, <laughs> Raggedy Ann. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but there's been a couple of times where, you know, they they walked right up to the, uh, just one more question without saying it. Like, they'll get right up to it. Just the one more thing. <laughs> like, she's doing Columbo. 
There we go. Yes. Well, that, that's how it is with leadership. There's always just one more thing. And, you know, and these guys. That's, that's a long way for an analogy. Oh, it's, it's a. Oh. Well, you did an MBA program, right? Yes. So, so you know that there's some of these modalities. In the last century. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, got, they get into these things and, the, and everything has like five steps or 10 habits or oh, yeah. three goals and, you know, the six things. And, and it's just like, oh, my God, it's be so much easier to be a, an alcoholic because there's only 12 steps and <laughs> it would be so much easier to keep track of. <laughs> I could be a leader with like the 30 steps or a drunk with 12 <laughs> and, you know. I, I might okay. go with drunk sometimes. And you know, you know what the first step is, right? Admitting you have a problem. No, it's ask your intruder like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for both programs, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to put the flag in it right there. Okay. We're going to go out on the Eddie Rabbit joke and uh, finish up <laughs> our music episode that way. Um, all right. That's episode 55. But yes, it turns out can drive 55. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, that was terrible. And I'm ashamed of myself. Um, that's it. Episode 55. Slip post. I'm still Bruce. Uh, I'm still Steve. And we will <laughs> see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.